All right, welcome back to the Mock Draft Guy podcast where all we do is mock. We've got a good one for you today. We're going to be looking at your normal PPR mock draft today. It's going to be a 12-teamer, not super flex, nothing out of the ordinary. I'm going to draft today uh, as if this were a real league that I was playing in. So what we've got here is I am drafting out of the sixth spot, out of the sixth spot, like I said, this is PPR. It's your standard setup. We have got one quarterback, running backs, you know, your two wide receivers, a tight end, and then the kicker, defense, and one flex spot. All right, so looking at what's happened so far, like I said, we're in the sixth position. So far, number one was Mr. Christian McCaffrey went off the board, and wow, this is uh, – this is the kind of mock draft where you, you you do it, and looking back, you're like, man, did that really help me? And the reason is because somehow Mr. Jonathan Taylor has dropped all the way to the sixth spot. So the chances of this happening in a real uh, league are slim to none, but I understand, you know, I have one of the leagues that's the most important to me, which I play with with people I've known forever. Something like this could happen. People do crazy things. You've got big-time Saints fans in the lobby. They're going to take a Saints player no matter what. You've got big-time Texans fans in the lobby. They're going to take a Texans player no matter what. And a lot of times, you know, when these these home leagues, crazy things can happen. But I'm going to draft this like I normally would if I was in a real draft. So I'm in the sixth spot. So far, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook went followed by Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey in the four spot, and then Devontae Adams in the five spot. Somebody really is high on Devontae Adams and his new scenery out with the Raiders. But I'm going to go ahead and lock in Jonathan Taylor as my RB1 in that sixth spot. So following up, I love the sixth spot's fun because you're the dead center of the draft. The same amount of players are going to go between every one of your picks. So it really kind of gives you some consistency as you work your way through the draft. So what we saw happen next is a run on running backs filled out the first round. Let's see here. We got Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. There's a uh, a Cowboys truther right there. Austin Eckler, wow, all the way down to the 11th pick. And like I said, this is turning out to be like a home league. And then 12th pick is Nick Chubb. Then we saw a run on wide receivers go, a couple more running backs, and now we're back to us. We are picking in the middle of the second round. I'm looking at my board, and I'm probably, normally I would probably follow up with another running back here, but there is a wide receiver out there that I cannot pass up, and that is Mr. Justin Jefferson. The fact that Justin Jefferson dropped all the way to me in the second round is pretty unbelievable but like I said crazier things have happened and when you do enough of these mock drafts you'll find that man uh, sometimes crazy things do happen so following my Justin Jefferson pick I just started out with Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson two players who are arguably the number one players at their position so obviously I'm feeling uh, pretty amazing right now uh, so following up my pick of Justin, Justin Jefferson, nothing really out of the ordinary happened. A couple tight ends did go off the board. We saw Darren Waller go off the board in the end of the second round. Then we see George Kittle start off with the first pick of the third round. The Darren Waller pick, 
I still haven't really decided where I stand with Darren Waller this season. There's just, man, there's so many mouths to feed out there with the Raiders that, man, it makes me pause when I think Devontae Adam has to continue to catch balls. Hunter Renfro has to continue to catch balls. Darren Waller. I mean, somebody's going to be left out in the cold. So it makes me pause. Either that or, man, Derek Carr's about to have him a year. Okay, and then following Darren Waller and George Kittle, we had a few more running or wide receivers go off the board. Uh, scary Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb left. So now we're back to us. We're at the third round, middle of the third round, looking at who is still available out there. So we've started with Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson. You know, I would normally never do this, uh, but just thinking through my options, you know, in my mind, I have the number one running back. I have arguably the number one or number two wide receiver. And if I wanted to, I could take the number one quarterback in my mind too in Josh Allen and literally have three number one, number two players at three different positions. So I'm thinking about I really am. This was a real draft. That would be something that I would strongly consider. Let's see who I'm going to put him up against. Who is my competition here? Looking at the wide receivers that are available, The next one on my board is Mike Evans. Uh, I feel like this could be Mike Evans' best year of his career. You heard me right. I believe it could be the best year of his career. I believe he continues to find the end zone with Tom Brady throwing to him. Again, there's even more targets available there. I could see him having an absolutely enormous year. So he's my wide receiver if I'm going wide receiver. Um, Running backs, none of the running backs out there really get me too excited. The one who's number one on my board that's still available, which is pretty late for him in the third round, is DeAndre Swift. Uh, I believe DeAndre Swift is going to have a career year. This is it. Like, it's kind of do or die for him in my mind. And I feel like there is a lot of upside with him catching the ball in Detroit. Like, somebody has to get yards. So why not DeAndre Swift? So looking at this, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Mike Evans. Uh, I'm going to take Mike Evans, and I'll be honest, the, 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 a second option would have been to go ahead and lock in a quarterback. That was super tempting. And as I say that, the next pick right after me, they took Patrick Mahomes. Three picks after that, Josh Allen dropped off the board. So other people had the same idea that I had going forward. But I feel good about my Mike Evans pick because we saw multiple wide receivers uh, go following that. So all of the receivers that you would expect have now left the board. Um, so now we're back to it. We're in the fourth round, middle of the fourth round. So here's another another position I put myself in. I have very clear quarterback tiers this year, um, and Kyler Murray is still sitting there on the board who would be at the very top of my uh, that, that second tier of quarterbacks. So let me say this, not the very top of that tier. He's sitting squarely in the middle of my second tiers of quarterbacks. So I'm considering Kyler Murray here in the fourth round just because I've seen two other quarterbacks leave that I would have liked to have. Looking at the running backs that are available out there, no one really jumps off the page to me. Uh, looking at Josh Jacobs, I, like we said, we just talked a little bit about what's going on with the Raiders. I feel like Man, you, one good thing about Josh Jacobs this year, anyone who plays the Raiders has to account for Devontae Adams. They have to account for Waller. They have to account for Renfro, or he'll eat him alive with the short yardage stuff. So that leaves space for Josh Jacobs to go to work. 
Josh Jacobs has been a reliable fantasy player uh, for the most part. I guess you could say that. Um, I know he's not happy about fantasy. He isn't a big fan of fantasy football, but he has been pretty reliable when he's been out there on the field. Keywords when he's been out there on the field. So I feel like there is some upside with Josh Jacobs. Looking at the receivers that are out there, and man, I hate to do it, but I may go receiver again. That would give me three wide receivers, only one running back. But the reason is because I see, looking at the board, DJ Moore is still available. I've talked a little bit about him, but uh, as Baker has now taken over the quarterback position at Carolina, man, that can only be good news for DJ Moore. Looking at his last year, man, he had eight games, I believe, that were uh, touching 100 yards. So I'm talking in between 90, 120 yards. I believe he had eight games in that ballpark. So the dude has the skill. He has the ability. Uh, he just has to be more consistent. That was his problem last year is, you know, you'd put DJ Moore in, he'd blow up, get you 20 points. The next week he'd get like a three, you know, and kill you that week. So he needs consistency. And if if anything, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not super high on Baker and most family analy- fantasy analysts wouldn't be. But if anything, he does bring a little more consistency to that Carolina ball club. So DJ Moore, what he needed was consistency. You would expect... Baker Mayfield brings at least a little more consistency. So if DJ Moore can even just improve a little from last year, man, what a steal in the middle of the fourth round. So I'm going to go ahead and take DJ Moore. That basically solidifies my wide receiver position to where I probably won't touch wide receiver for quite a while now. Uh, Even though, man, there's a lot of names out there that are very interesting, but I basically have to to turn off the wide receivers. And sometimes in fantasy football, you have to do that. Like, yeah, I'm seeing names out there that I love at wide receiver. Now in the fifth round, I'm looking, I see, man, maybe a little Claypool. uh, some, Some Cincinnati wide receivers are still available. Like, there's guys out there who, man, could be studs. But because I've already taken those three wide receivers, I would be putting myself in a giant hole if I continue to draft wide receivers in the fifth round and on. So I have to kind of push that to the back of my mind, kind of refocus and look at who's available out there when it comes to running backs, quarterbacks, or tight ends. Um, I'm looking at quarterbacks. At this point, I'm going to punt at least another round. Uh, Dak Prescott went off the board, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Uh, I'm going to punt at least one more round, and I'm going to go tight end here. I'm going to go tight end here, and here's why. Kyle Pitts just left the board, but for some reason, Mark Andrews is still sitting out here. So I'm locking in Mark Andrews. He's the number two tight end that I have this year, and the fact that Kelsey, Waller, Pitts, and Kittle all went before him, man, I'll I'll take that all day. I almost didn't even look at tight end in the draft just now because I thought, well, surely all those guys are already gone. Man, that's that's another reason, man. Always keep your head on a swivel in these drafts. You never know, especially in these home leagues, who's going to drop to you. And I'm so glad that this this draft is turning out the way it is. It's almost it feels completely random with the kind of some of the people that are being taken. But a lot of times when we get in that draft room with our buddies, with people we've known forever with people who may not be listening to fantasy football podcasts, may not be reading every magazine, may not be digesting every article they can possibly get their hands on like you probably are. Man, you have crazy stuff like this happens. So it's important to always check 
You know, always check that tight end position. Who's left? Always check that quarterback position. Are you kidding me? Josh Allen is still on the board. Like, that kind of thing can happen in these home leagues. So it's so important to always keep your eyes open. Okay, we are now in the sixth round. The sixth round, looking at who's available. Right now, I've got three wide receivers, my tight end, and my running back. And, you know, it's funny because we started this draft by saying that I'm going to draft this team as if it were my own team. Like, this is how I would draft a normal team. And now that I'm in it, man, the amount of drafts that I've been in where I started three wide receiver, a running back, and tight end uh, is slim to none. Man, I'm, I'm typically a running back heavy drafter, but the way that this board just fell, man, there was, there was these wide receivers falling to me that I literally just could not let slide. So at this point, though, I have to start filling out my running back position uh, unfortunately, as you would expect, as I've waited to the sixth round, it's pretty picked over. There's not a lot of upside out there, but I'm going to do something kind of out of the ordinary here. Uh, I'm going to take Mark Ingram. going to take Mark Ingram, and here's why. Uh, I believe going into this year, Alvin Kamara is going to miss games. He's going to miss games, and that's going to leave Mark Ingram to be a starter for you know up to – let's say six weeks, you'll have a, a legit starter. And we've seen Mark Ingram in that position before, man. When he gets the start, when he gets the carries, when he gets the workload, man, he's a stud. So, you know, I hate to pencil him in as a starter for my team. Like, I'd much rather have him as a bench spot and just kind of like play it by ear and see how it works out. But the way that my team's falling, I'm okay with drafting him, having him start for a few weeks, you know, when he goes back to the bench, hopefully I've developed some depth on my bench through the waiver wire, through trades, through free agency, and I'll be in a good position to recover from that. Okay, so the picks come back to me. Seventh round, middle of the seventh round. Let me take a look at the quarterbacks. Um, and yeah, I'm going to make a move here. Actually, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait again. I almost picked Matthew Stafford. He is head and shoulders above everybody else out here on the field for me right now. But, yeah, take it back again. Man, when you're in a mock draft or a real draft, you guys all understand what that feels like. Your head's kind of like a ping pong ball. You're like, do I want him? Do I not? Do I go running back? Do I go wide receiver? But I'm going to go Matthew Stafford here, and here's the reason. Uh, looking at the other quarterbacks that are available right now, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Trey Lance, Tua, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Man, it, in my mind, Matthew Stafford is – head and shoulders above all those other players. So I'm going to go ahead and solidify the quarterback position here and lock in Matthew Stafford in the seventh round. Okay, so we've got our quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Man, I feel like I've taken Matthew Stafford uh, in probably like four of the last five mock drafts I've done. For some reason, it just seems like the draft always shakes out to where Matthew Stafford is available in a spot to where it just works out really perfectly with what I have going on. So now we're back to me, eighth round. We're seeing our, our team is starting to take shape. So we have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Our running backs are Jonathan Taylor, Mark Ingram. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, DJ Moore. Whew, man, that is, that is a nasty wide receiver core. Goodness. Uh, tight end, we have Mark Andrews. So what I want to do here, even though looking at wide receivers, there's lots of wide receivers out there that I'm high on. Uh, I've got to go running back here. I've got to start filling out my running back position. So looking at who is available at this, at this point, I'm going to take someone um, 
who this might be a little high. It might be a little high for him, but man, he's one of my favorite. I hate call him a backup or a handcuff. I'm going to take A.J. Dillon. I'm going to take A.J. Dillon here, and the reason uh, is because Jamal Williams, out of there, signed with the Detroit, Detroit, right? So he's gone. Uh, Dillon is a secondary back, the clear secondary back, a big dude, knows how to rumble. And I really believe this year he's going to start getting some carries. Now, we know with Aaron Jones, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when Devontae Adams was off the field, man, Aaron Jones' production skyrocketed, which may be a little confusing because you would assume Devontae Adams would have taken some of the pressure off of him. But for some reason, man, the coaching staff just started using Aaron Jones like crazy as soon as Devontae Adams wasn't on the field. Now, this year with Devontae Adams gone, I really feel like they're going to start working in a little more A.J. Dillon. Now, I would feel a little bit better if I was taking him in a non-PPR league uh, just because I do feel like he's going to be running the ball a little more than he's going to be catching the ball. Uh, I think we're going to see him on a lot of goal line situations, a lot of short yardage work. Um, You know, he does have a low floor, not going to lie to you, has a pretty low floor since he's going to be pretty touchdown reliant in those short yardage situations. But I'll take him and stash him on my bench. Who knows? Maybe it's more of a target share uh, than we think this year. And going back, here we go, ninth round. I want to take another running back. And, dude, I really, man, this is going to be a tough league just because since I punted on running back so far, Man, so many running backs went off the board. It has literally left me with scraps. It's left me with just trying to pick up the pieces, try to find some people who might start, maybe will start, have some potential to start. So just looking at who's out there, man, like I said, it's it's pretty picked over. But what I'm going to do right here is I'm going to take another handcuff. I'll take another handcuff and just hold my breath and roll the dice. And that's going to be Tony Pollard out of Dallas. I'm going to take Tony Pollard. You know, we all know Ezekiel Elliott. You'll see a picture of him. He'll look like a stud, and you'll see another picture of him, and he'll look like he hasn't hit the gym in four months. If Tony Pollard gets on the field, he's going to be productive. And I honestly believe if Zeke did not have this massive contract, you would see Tony Pollard out there making it happen. I mean, the dude has that kind of skill. When you watch him and you watch Zeke play, the explosiveness is undeniable when you watch Tony Pollard. His pass-catching ability is good. The dude's fast. Seems like he's smart, a decent pass blocker. So I really believe Tony Pollard, if given any opportunity at all, will be a serviceable bench player. Now, if Zeke Elliott goes down, all of a sudden Tony Pollard's a top-five star. I mean, dude will be a, a league winner if that happens. But for the meantime, he'll at least be a solid bench player. So we'll stash him there and see what happens with that all right now we are in the 10th round we're in the 10th round let's see who's out there again man I'm looking at the running backs and there's literally nothing like there's nothing out there so in this position uh, I would start to sweat in a real draft but then I would tell myself look I can take the value at wide receiver like I'm super confident on a lot of these wide receivers that they're going to produce and I can work out some trades I can work something out. I can deal some of these guys. There are going to be running backs to be traded for, to be picked up on the waiver wire. I just have to be willing to put in the work. So even though I would like another solid running back here, I'm going to take a wide receiver instead. And the reason is because Darnell Mooney's still available. No idea how. 
No idea how, but he's still available in the 10th round in this league. Like I said, this must be a bunch of uh, – maybe this is a mock draft room filled with people who've never played before, or maybe they're just clicking random buttons. Whatever it is, we are forced to take the best player available, and that is Darnell Mooney. Now, I say all that, and maybe everybody's just way smarter than me. I thought the same thing last year. I took Mooney at the, the back end of almost all of my drafts, and he ended up not doing much. But Mooney's that guy where you'll see a highlight tape, and he'll just like soar up for a one-handed catch. Dude looks so quick in his routes. But this will be this will be the year for him, I believe. Big play guy. Year two. Surely he'll unlock that production. So let's go ahead and take Darnell Mooney here in the 10th round as it swings back around to the 11th comes back to us. I'm going to take another wide receiver. And the reason is because I just noticed, like I'm not even going to waste time with this one, not even talk about other options. I saw Jacoby Myers. It's still on the board. This is something that is blowing my mind recently. The fact that New England had a, if you weren't aware of this, last year, even though it wasn't the New England we're used to, they had a pretty dang explosive offense. If you look at their stats, I mean, they're in the top half of the league in a ton of categories. So you have this explosive offense, and yet no New England players are seemingly being taken early in the draft this year. So you've got Jacoby Myers, who's the number one option in New England. I like him. I think he's going to get even more. The thing that held him back last year is for some reason he couldn't find uh, the end zone. He couldn't find the end zone as much as he needed to, but I like him. I'm going to throw him onto the team. Boom. Jacoby Myers, 11th round. Man, this team is going to be absolutely stacked when it comes to wide receiver. Okay, so the draft swings back to me. 12th round, middle of the 12th round. And, you know, I've already got Tony Pollard. I've already got A.J. Dillon. I've already got Mark Ingram. So why not just make this the ultimate backup handcuff team of all time and take my boy Alexander Madison handcuff uh, for the Vikings to Dalvin Cook. Um, man, looking at this team, this is a, not a team I'm super excited about just because of the running back position. I mean, I have all the faith in the world that Jonathan Taylor is going to be a stud, a top three back at the end of the year. Then I've got about a bunch of backups, a bunch of guys that could be studs but need the opportunity. Um, like I said, my, my mindset at this point in the draft, this was real, is I would say I have to find things. I have to find positions, whether it's running back or not, that I'm going to be able to trade in order to get a solid running back. So looking at what I have right now, I would almost never uh, be interested in doing this, but I'm almost to the point where I'm going to look at quarterbacks, take a second quarterback, if I believe there's any chance that they have upside where I could trade them for some more uh, for any type of, of running back. So I'm going to do that here. I'm looking at the quarterbacks that I think might have upside this year. Um, Tua uh, might be a little upside there, but who I'm looking at is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. You know, you watch him play in college. One of the just, uh, he's not a bust. I mean, dude was okay last year, but man, he was just unbelievable in college. You watch the draft, everybody's just like, man, what a program changer. Man, the Jaguars are so lucky. They're destiny now they've got the golden boy and then it was kind of a letdown but you know their coaching staff was an absolute nightmare last year you know Trevor Lawrence didn't have much to work with so I'm going to go ahead and take Trevor Lawrence here and say man maybe he has 
some upside. Maybe he blows up those first couple weeks and I can trade him and get some type of value back at running back. All right, so that ends up, it finishes out our bench. So what we ended with, we've got Matthew Stafford at quarterback. We've got Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and some trade baits. For our running backs, we have Jonathan Taylor. Then our backups are, are they're rough. We've got A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, and Mark Ingram. At least with Mark Ingram, you know, presumably being the starter for the first few weeks, we've got at least some time to figure out the running back position. Uh, wide receiver is loaded. Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, D.J. Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Jacoby Myers. This might be a situation where I'm forced to trade Mike Evans or D.J. Moore for a more serviceable running back. We would be able to play that by air as the season progresses. Uh, and then finally, we got tight end. We've got Mark Andrews. So looking at this draft, man, if you showed me the wide receivers alone, I would say, man, absolutely killed it. If you show me the quarterback, I'd be like, man, solid. You told me we got Jonathan Taylor, I'd be like, gosh, that's a, that's a good start. Mark Andrews, tight end position, nice. But looking at the other running backs, I really feel like I dropped the ball on this mock draft. But again, that's the reason why we mock draft to figure it out and realize going forward, like, man, that's the last time I punt running back that far, right? Even if the value is there at wide receivers, maybe I pass on it and take a more um, a running back that's more proven. All right, so looking at this draft, I'll give myself a C plus, and that's just because we've got Jonathan Taylor and absolutely a stable of wide receivers, but the running back position really drags this team down. All right, man. Hope you guys are having a good day. We'll talk to you soon the next time we draft. But in the meantime, happy drafting.